This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team, the podcast about sports where you learn everything from the blades thickness of a bobsled to uh, other things. I don't remember anything else besides the blades thickness (laughs) of a bobsled. Okay. For some reason, that's in my brain. Okay. So you learn Mm -hmm. about sports, you learn about details of it, but I... This has been brought up multiple times, and you've complained about me saying the measurements and the stats of these particular things. But yes. for people that are listening on audio only that don't have a visual reference, measurements help you visualize the actual sizes of these fields and these objects and these things that people have to use in order to participate in the sport. I think it's very important to give people that ability to physically Isn't it visualize more it. more important when you're doing a primer to tell them, like, it's got two sharp metal blades at the bottom? Like, a physical description of, like, I don't even know what a bobsled looks like. I don't even know. I But I know it's got, like, a blade thickness of whatever, yada, yada, yada. It looks like a... Like a- a, a, a tubular sled. It looks like a pill that people sit in. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's a, see, that's a better description. <laughs> that's a better description for a primer and a baby. And a baby would understand that. It looks like a pill. Because if there's one thing babies know is it's pills. What, what babies? Why do babies know pills? I don't know. Just seemed like something to say. I often say things loud and exclamatory when with confidence, and I'm hoping that it, it comes across like I know what I'm talking about. Fair, fair. Also, welcome those on Spotify. You can actually see us now. You're not just an elegant listener. You're now an elegant viewer. Maybe. It just depends on if this is all working properly. Uh, hopefully it is. Well, unless, uh, unless Tyler messed up the settings, which who knows? Maybe not. Maybe. I, but either way, we're trying. Yes. Uh, hopefully it's exactly how it's supposed to be. I meant to ask you if I needed to adjust to the higher quality or not, but I'm sure. It's Did fine. you? Did you adjust to the higher quality? It's it's on the recommended 720. Should I switch? 720. 720. 720. Listen, it was recommending different stuff based on whether your internet is good, and I don't. Your internet hasn't been the greatest where you are. It's been okay. <gasps> I'm so sorry, viewers, who have to look at us in awful 720p. 720? That's what it is. 720? How many pixels? 1280 by 720. 
That's only 921,600 pixels versus 1920 by 1080. What the fuck? What? Math. Math it. <laughs> Why would it do 1280 by 1080? Uh, versus 2,073,600 glorious pixels. Well, I didn't. Listen, I'm. I, this is my first time messing with this this program and setting it up, and nobody gave me any guidelines. You didn't even tell me what program it was. I had to go talk to Bob. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, that's so I, I don't know. I've never used it before. I, I, Bob usually sets it up for me. I, I don't do anything of this, so I've never used it. <laughs> All right, but today marks a momentous occasion or something like that. Yeah, today is the preview for Creator Clash Two. Creator Clash 2, yes. Last year, we did an episode talking about the aftermath of uh, the Creator Clash. And if you don't know what the Creator Clash it is, it is a charity event where creators are going to box. I have my own reservations about creators boxing, but you know, the last one went fairly well. And, you know, we did an episode about it. And I'm also going to be at the pre and post show, apparently. You're, you're one of the hosts of the pre and post show. You and, and Sean. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Who in a previous episode was showering in the background while we were recording. Yes, absolutely. You you should know about this event. Tell people about the event. You're a part of the event this year. Why would I know about the event? All right, fine. Then I'll just do current events and you can figure out what the event's about. What, what am I supposed to do? How, do you think that there's just a place that has more information about it than, than you or I have? What do you think I have? I have nothing. I've got nothing. You think they give me anything? They probably wanted to, but then I didn't get on the call to talk about it before because I was too busy. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, that is true. That does make sense. But let's talk about current events, and then we'll jump into what the Creator Clash is. Okay, current events. Um, so a while ago, uh, the World Baseball Classic happened, and that's uh, a major event because it brings multiple nations across the world to come and play baseball. Some areas where baseball hasn't been that popular, like the U.S. has been the forefront of baseball. We created baseball. It's an Americans pa America's pastime which just means it's we created it for us and it's been longstanding in the history of the U.S. But Japan and the fans in Japan has really adopted the sport. And so in the final, Japan was facing off against the United States and Japan beat the U.S. 3-2. to two. But not only did they win, they won with two teammates facing off against each other at the plate with Otani, who's a, a pitcher who also bats for the Angels, against Mark Trout, who is uh, an elite athlete in Major League Baseball, also on the Angels. He struck him out to win the game, and it was just like one of the best pitchers in baseball versus one of the best batters in baseball to determine the result of the game, and that rarely happens. And so it was just immense. And the difference in the celebration between the broadcast that was going to Japan and the broadcast in the US was insane. Like the the shouting and excitement and everything over in Japan um, was absolutely wonderful to see. And on top of that, as a, a person who's loved baseball and played baseball for a long time, the way Japan plays baseball is how I like baseball being played. The way baseball mm. should be played, in my opinion. And so seeing them win and, and stomp on the U.S. when they changed Major League Baseball to have universal DHs in both sides of the leagues, 
It was great to see. I was so happy to see that. It was good to see? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I I don't know what the difference is between baseball in Japan and the U.S., but I also know baseball is big in Korea as well. Koreans love baseball, and and especially my cousin. He's a real big fan of baseball. But I don't know what the differences are, so if you could inform me. I mean, I, I currently don't have the knowledge to explain the exact details of the differences, the biggest one um, is like the way baseball used to be played was like small ball where um, you would go up to the plate and you'd want to advance the runners. So you'd be able to bunt, you'd you'd swing and do hit and runs. You do various different types of play to where it wasn't about home run or bust, which the U.S. has become home run or bust because everybody loves the big hit. And so mm. a lot of the like fundamental elements of baseball have been lost. I've seen like Billy Hamilton, who's one of the fastest runners in baseball history, couldn't bunt and he could bunt to get on base because of how fast he was and the amount of immense impact he had when he was on base because the pitcher was so scared of him stealing and same with the catcher that it actually forced errors. It made it easier for the batter to hit because they refused to throw off speed pitches because they knew if they threw off speed, he'd easily reach stealing second base. Mm hmm. And so in Japan, they use a lot of those old school elements where instead of home run or bust, they hit in bunches. Everybody steps up to the plate and hits. The pitchers hit. It's more of a team unity when you're running through the cycle as opposed to just batter versus pitcher. And if I hit a home run or hit multiple base hits, they actually use the elements of the hit and run. They use the elements of stealing. They use the elements of bunting to advance the runner. Just the style of play is more reminiscent of traditional baseball and how baseball was played when I loved baseball. Um, mm -hmm. Like how the big red machine, the Cincinnati Reds, the most one of the most famous teams in baseball history played. And so that's the unique difference between the two is just how it's played as opposed to like necessarily rule differences that I can pull off the top of my head. So it's like it's almost like it's good that Japan won because it showed the U.S. that it can create a really exciting environment if it's played with more of the strategic element as opposed to always swinging for the fences. Is that what I'm getting out of that? That was a great takeaway. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool to see because I know you complain a lot about um, the current state of baseball and I, I can totally see about how in America a lot of things are just like, if is, is it bigger? Is it, It's better then. And that could be like the big takeaway for everybody watching it as opposed to in between all those big moments are people really bored. Yes. Waiting for like, oh, the next thing. But if there was more strategy going on, then they people could follow like the nuances of it. So that'd be nice. Yeah. It makes more excitement throughout the entire game as opposed to oh it's a home run yeah really excited now we're bored because mm. everybody's striking out mm. yeah so that's the differences um in other news the ncaa women's basketball tournament just finished recently with lsu knocking off iowa in the final neither of them were a number one seed both had advanced back uh against odds against a number one seed a higher seeded team including iowa knocking off south carolina which was the absolute favorite to win this year and were the defending champions and had not lost a single game this season. Mm -hmm. um, and Iowa was led by Caitlin Clark, who is now officially the highest scoring player in, in, in a single NCAA women's basketball tournament. Um, How and, many points? Huh? How many points? So uh, I don't know the total points off the top of my head. I'll try and look that up here in a second. But I was going to talk about the the last three games. So when Iowa was in, in the Elite Eight, she dropped a 41-point triple-double, which means she had 10 rebounds and 12 assists, along with 41 points scored. 
Is that the record? Uh, no, that's that's a single game. And then followed that one in the final four with another 41-point game. Uh-huh. And then in the finals, dropped 30 points in their loss to LSU. Um, uh-huh. Caitlin Clark points 191. 190 in one game? No, in a single NCAA tournament through all the games oh, that they played. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of points. Yeah. And considering she scored 112 of those in the last three games. Oh, damn. That's pretty good. Yeah. What is the rest of the team doing? Why are they picking up the ball every once in a while? They do. She got assists. She had 12 assists uh, in the triple-double, which means she passed the ball to somebody and then they scored. Okay, so she's just that good that they give her the ball and then she can score. Correct. She has elite range. Um, people have compared her to the Steph Curry of women's basketball because um, mm, okay. she's shooting basically 5 to 10 feet behind the arc and still mm. draining it. Okay, cool. Um, which is incredible. In NCAA men's basketball, we have the Battle of the Coasts for the championship with UConn. Um, University of Connecticut against San Diego State University. And I'm guessing UConn's on the coast. Well, UConn's on the east coast. It's in Connecticut. Connecticut is a coastal state, whereas San Diego State is in on the west coast in California. That's Connecticut. Connecticut. You ever just forget a state exists? <laughs> you know somebody from Connecticut. <laughs> Who do I know from Connecticut? Evan! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> he actually went to UConn, dude. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. That that exists. Mm-hmm. Go on. So in that final, an and Will, this is a part where you edit so that I'm saying who actually won. UConn won! San Diego State won! <laughs> Will, don't edit that. No! Call, like, point him out for him trying to play both sides. No! Here, I'm just going to make a one call, and I'm going to be like, Yay, San Diego! Woo, 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 woo! <laughs> and then I'm going to put it all on the line, and you'll see how embarrassed he'll be. <laughs> Because even if I'm wrong, at least I stuck to my guns. Yeah, but it's not about being wrong or right. It's about being accurate to the news because this episode's coming out after the championship game. News, whatever. All right. Well, whatever have you. All right. (laughs) Any more news? Uh, Those were the major current events I just wanted to talk about because some people were coming at me about not talking about the World Baseball Classic. If you want to know further news going way back to last year, but because we took the break, I didn't talk about it. Argentina won the Soccer World Cup, and I think I mentioned mm. it briefly, but somebody, people have been mad that I haven't talked about it. With Lionel Messi being his final year playing in the World Cup and actually mm. retiring from soccer upon the World Cup ending. So him win, winning the World Cup in his final year of playing soccer was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> is that pretty cool? Yeah, he's exiting on top, Mark. Ah, oh, I see. You know, I something see. Tom Brady didn't do. I don't know. He Once you're the best of all time, no. you kind of don't lose that. So you just kind of retain that for all time. And, you know, it doesn't matter what it comes after. So This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. 
But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com Slash sports team. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money. Up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. In other other news, the Creator Clash! Woo! The second one! The second Creator Clash 2. All right. So um, I watched the original Creative Clash, as many listeners probably know. In this next one, we have a new lineup, uh, but we have some familiar faces. Uh, so I say we just go, if you go to the website and you see, you can see like all the fighter matchups that are going to be there. Um, and then we can just go up from there. This is actually going to be great because I haven't done any research for the pre-show. So I'm just basically going to re- recite everything I say here at the pre-show. And I'll be like, yeah, I did my research. Of course I did. Cool, cool. Everything's fine. So for those of you watching or listening to the podcast right now, the Creator Clash is a charity event where it pins content creators, both across YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, against each other in boxing. This year, there's uh, there's a bigger lineup than there was last year. There's more fighters. Um, it's happening in Tampa Bay. Well, it's happening at Amelie Arena, which is where I was for the Stanley Cup. And it's happening on April 15th. That is the official fight date. And it was organized by iDubs and his wife. They created the event, and it was extremely successful last year with some really impactful fights that we talked about in the podcast. And so they decided to have a second one, and it's even bigger and honestly, in my opinion, looks to be even better. The lineup is star-studded. It's the matchups. They're looking at weight classes. They look like they've they've really toned in, and the training level because some of the people that are returning have more experience now is just going to be at a higher level. Yeah. I think that's good that more people are coming in and having been trained. There are other people that probably have less training because they're new faces. Uh, and there are some people here that I uh, know and many that I don't. It's going to be embarrassing because I don't know. I, I am so out of touch when it comes to when actual creators out there in the world. I, I didn't know them 
many years ago and I still don't know them now because I don't pay attention to anything except what I'm doing and I'm kind of just like lost in my own world of whatever the hell is going on at any given moment. However, I'm going to make bold proclamations here based on um, probably just I'm going to judge books by their covers and that's what I'm going to do when it comes down to this. <laughs> All right. Really, I don't know. All right. So I'm going to lead you into the first fight we're going to talk about because I have them in in the order that was listed um, that I think is actually the order of which the fights are going to go. I might be wrong, um, okay. but I did a little bit of research last night to try and figure out what order. And the first one is going to be Dad against Starkiller or AB. Where are you finding this list? Esports.gg. That sounds fake. But whatever, whatever way we go, it doesn't matter. We're probably going to be wrong across all. It's all true. Things. It's true. But Dad mm -hmm. led off last year, so I, I think it'd be fitting if if Dad, also known as uh, Nathan Barnett, um, mm -hmm. he uh, would lead off this time. So on the website, interestingly enough, it lists them both as having the same height. But in last year's Creator Clash, AB was listed at five ten, while Dad was listed at six foot. So I don't know if they're actually going to be the same height. <laughs> yeah, I don't think someone can uh, like just spontaneously grow unless they got the <laughs> leg lengthening surgery, which happen. would be bold. It's a bold surgery to get before a <laughs> boxing match. I'm wondering if they're just trying to make the fight seem more even, but I don't know. Like it is what it is. I mean, sure, maybe they got the height inaccurate last time. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe the weight strikes me as different because they say that the fight weight for Dad is 170 and then AB is 170. I believe AB fought near that fight before, but Dad fought Matt Watson, which was at a much lighter weight mm -hmm. so i don't i i'm guessing that either dad put on pounds or that's just what they're listing it as i think that's definitely the weight they have to be under because they're actually doing uh weigh-ins and everything uh mm. to try and make sure that they're even honestly good yeah we we don't want any outmatched people we don't want any big disparities in weight classes um so i am glad that things are going to be a lot more close to what they should be in terms of fighting people on an even footing so or do you want to like go through this and like kind of break down what we think is going to happen in there do we want to kind of like sure feel yeah it out well well first of all dad he's a youtuber comedian actor musician kind of known for doing multiple different facets on the internet with music videos to comedy videos and sketches um but he definitely acts and has created multiple different characters that are very unique um whereas ab is from the h3 podcast and so both of these guys fought last year mark if you want to you you watch this a lot more closely than i did i watched the like the full video a little bit last night but um, what did you see from Dad and AB last year? What I remember seeing from Dad is he came out heavy and he came out fast. And that's kind of like his his strategy in that fight, if you could, like, call it a strategy it, it is a strategy to come out like swinging. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what he did. He He really didn't come out with what... Uh, like in traditional boxing would be a, like a lot of discipline and pacing. He came out trying to overwhelm and just with as much energy as possible. And it worked. It definitely worked. But he was throwing haymakers. So what I would like to see is more controlled boxing because when he was coming wide, he was swinging. And for those watching on Spotify, no, he was swinging like this, which is not the best um, strategy. You can throw some powerful punches, powerful punches with you, like really just, but for a, a trained boxer really being able to defend themselves and duck around it, it's a lot easier to stay in and small as opposed to big and wide. Big and wide is kind of a death sentence when it comes to boxing. It depends on the circumstance, of course, uh, but for the most part it is, but I bet with a year of training if that is what dad has done in this time like which 
Who knows? Probably. I mean, according I, to I, his socials and everything else that I watched yesterday, he has been putting in the work and training really hard. He's actually been training mm-hmm. with the WWE guy that's fighting this year as well, or not the WWE, mm-hmm. former WWE professional wrestler. Yeah. So I would I would not doubt that any of these fighters that came from last year have put in additional training in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's just to get back into shape, they have put in additional training. So I would expect them to be a little more disciplined. AB, I believe. During his fight was much more controlled, was a bit more refined, was a bit more elegant um, in terms of his form. But I wouldn't say like like obviously none of these people are professional boxers. They don't they don't like box at a level where they need to compete to an extreme degree. This is still a charity exhibition type match. Yeah, um, it is for charity and it's supposed to be like with that in mind. And I hope people keep that like understanding. So I doubt that he would be as overwhelmed with the offense because if this was any other match, obviously you do your research on your opponent yeah. and you see what they're doing and you see the type of training they do. So you would train to try to counter what you think they're going to do. And if dad comes out swinging again, I'm going to, I'm going to predict that it's not going to work as effectively for as quick a knockout. If AB has done the training to counter that. And if they have, then that means that it's going to be a longer fight and we're going to tr- we're going to it's going to turn into a fight that sees more how dad dad's endurance can hold up and how his longevity can hold up because like AB is younger, is a lot younger than dad. There's yeah, dad's um, I'm not sure be the 41 age or 42 and I think AB is like 30. Yeah, so and like being in your 40s, you can still be pretty athletic and you can still be very conditioned, and that's all good. And it seems like that's probably in great shape and will probably be okay. But age is a factor, and age does have an effect, and you, you do recover less. And a lot of longer fights in terms of boxing are how fast you can recover as opposed to how much damage you can deal out or how you can pace your energy supply. It is a game of energy um, because when you're tired, you lose reaction speed, you lose ability to defend yourself, you lose ability to even hold your hands up after a long period of time becomes more difficult. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a longer, more controlled fight that sees the skill of the training that both of these probably put in over the year. So watching the videos that I've seen of their training and stuff, I watched last year's fight of ABs. I watched last year's of dads. Dad never had to take a hit, period. He didn't get hit once in his fight. The, The match was over real quick. He came out with a lot of energy. Like you said, the endurance is going to be a question. But he does have that drug-fueled rage on his side, like you said last year, and how mm-hmm. he came out against Matt. Very obviously has the training, and like in, in full fairness, comparing him to AB, in my opinion, while he was swinging wild and throwing haymaker after haymaker and leaving himself open, he had power behind his punches. When I was watching AB's fight, his fight got called because of endurance on his side. He actually got mm-hmm. so winded that he was leaning against his opponent and the the official called the fight because he just couldn't defend himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you said, this fight may very well come down to endurance. But AB was able to take some serious hits last year and fight through them. However, I question whether he has the switch that kind of dad has to go into a fight to be a brawler. But... AB has also said in a video that he's out to avenge Matt Watson from last year because mm-hmm. they're friends. Which is fair. 
That's a big motivation. And I think like there, it'll be an interesting fight. I think it, like last year, I said like personally when I was watching, like the first fight is going to set the tone of the whole night. And that really set the tone of the whole night when dad and Matt Watson's fight happened there. And it was as intense as it was. I think this is going to set the, if this is the first one, it is again going to set the tone for the night, but I think it's going to be a slightly different tone. Yeah. So who do you, who are you hedging your bet on? Uh, I mean, if, if dad's done his training, he definitely is a threat. There's the kind of intimidation factor. Um, he has, he's probably going to be the crowd favorite. Everyone's going to be like, Ooh, he's going to rip him apart. But I think if AB has trained specifically, like specifically to counter dad, then he has a lot more potential to do that because there is an opportunity to exploit, especially if dad hasn't honed his ability down there. But I haven't seen any of the training footage, so I have no idea, honestly. Well, I think dad has the advantage on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has the height. I think he has the reach. While he is a bit older, I think he his work ethic, uh, especially in fitness, seems to be higher than AB's from what I've seen. And while both of them are both amateur boxers, I think Dad has continued his training, whereas AB originally had said at the end of Creator Clash 1 that he wasn't going to do it again and then came on to do it again. So I think there was a bit of a lull with AB. And I also think dad just has that edge of potential killer instinct that you kind of have to have when you go into a boxing match. Yeah, you can't deny that. The attitude is everything going into it. And if you go into something with extreme confidence, there is definitely an advantage to be had. But I also like, I am never one to discount someone who has been in the ring before, especially in the first creator clash and has put up a fight and has taken hits before. It is going to be different. I don't know if it's going to be different enough. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a good fight. I think I feel like Dad'll be a little more reserved. He's not going to come out in the same way that he did. And I think AB is going to be more technically sound compared to last year, uh, especially mm-hmm. as he focused further. And I think he's definitely going to have worked on his cardio, especially having that been the reason that he lost last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the next fight on this list uh, is Myth versus Hundar. Okay, Myth versus Hundar. Hundar fought AB last year. Uh-huh. Um, and he's Hundar was good. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Hundar, he's, he didn't move his head a lot last time. He was very mm-hmm. rigid, but he's, he's a strong dude. I mean, he's mm-hmm. known for his channel muscle party. I mean, he has just, I, I don't even know how to describe his arms. They're just stone carved and etched beams of stone ready to swing and nail somebody in the head yeah hundar had that kratos energy he kind of seemed like he had a very large intimidating presence but also that's something about like ab going up against him it was it was really well but but hundar seemed yes like an easter island head of just mm, like a rock'em sock'em robot is what i would why (laughs) i I I see that i see that and you know like kind of that energy and that's not a bad thing i mean it's it's definitely something where you have someone with a very strong base with a lot of like conditioning with a lot of strength behind his hits if you hone that you have a lot more uh potential there i don't know myth's ability to box i don't know uh he wasn't at the first creator clash no but he did he does have experience boxing he, okay, he, he does fought in Ludwig's boxing. chess bo- boxing event. Ah, interesting. Okay, all right. So, how did he perform there? Oh my god, Here, look <laughs> he looked like a boxer. I'm not even kidding. I watched that yesterday, 
and he was fluid. He was he was agile on his feet. He was quick. He had really fast hands. He kept his hands and protected himself really well. The biggest thing is he didn't really protect his chin a lot. He kept his head up. He didn't tuck his chin. Um, that was the vulnerability I saw. But he looked very, very agile and very like technically sound for somebody who's an amateur. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at him fighting right now. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Myth is a <clears throat> streamer and content creator known for his high skills at, at first person shooters like games, Valorant, Fortnite, stuff like that. He kind of came onto the mm -hmm. scene, I think, when uh, Fortnite, I think he competed professionally with Fortnite. He is lean and fast. I wouldn't call him fast. He's quicker than the other fighters that I've seen, but compared to, I'm talking like in a professional level, mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. uh, from just what I'm seeing, and obviously I'm only seeing like 30 seconds of this fight. Um, so I can't speak incredibly about someone's boxing ability from only seeing like one little clip, um, but I'm watching it so far. And what he is good at though, is what you're saying. He's bringing his hands back. Yeah. So he fights uh, left hand forward, very front uh, stance. So he's really like toned in there. Uh, he does have a tendency when he's going for hooks to drop his other hand, which yep. is not a good thing. Um, you want to keep that defense in there. But he does have good ability to, like, roll with a punch. I would rather see him try to catch a punch or, like, <laughs> do something. Because he's always getting hit with it, but he's rolling with it. This isn't really going to come down to scoring. I know none of these fights are really going to come down to the scorecard. It, well, some of them might, of course. Um, but I definitely so, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. When it comes down to someone who is not a professional boxer, he does show a lot of like he's practiced some very core disciplinary stuff yeah um i think that uh his his punches do have a little bit of a tendency of predictability of like i'm about to punch i'm about to punch yep. which he is rears where back i mean like bit. he does rear back a little bit and that's why i'm like he's not fast but he could get faster if he if he gets that muscle it's all muscle memory because when you're when you got to think to bring back here and you gotta think like i'm gonna punch and keep this up that does slow you down a bit and uh, it's all just like, this is just time and practice kind of that, that yeah. gets these instincts faster and faster. But he is able to dodge. He is able to see them coming, the hits coming. He doesn't flinch. He he is moving and bobbing out of the way. So it's a lot of good potential there. I think that's a, that's a good matchup between someone who is an Easter Island man and versus someone who can move around. I would say... I don't know if the muscle mass difference between these two fighters is significant. I don't know where he is right now, but if looking at what it was with Hundar last year, yeah. myth in that fight I saw three months ago, I'm like, there is a distinct muscle mass difference, so there's a lot different power between those punches. So it's like, that's where I'm like, if he's rolling with punches and he's not quick enough, he's just going to get punched in the head with a lot of strength behind it. You can roll off a lot, but if you're not really, really quick on the rolls, um, you're still getting hit, and that that can do damage over a long period of time. Yeah, I was going to say, too, Myth has had a tendency in that fight to showboat, leaving himself open. Like, when he went into the corner, he fully dropped his hands and was like i'm gonna dodge everything which mm -hmm. if you can great but you're leaving yeah. yourself very exposed i mean he his opponent in this match that i'm seeing is much not much but like shorter than him so there is a reach 
mismatch here. Um, and so he can in, have the comfort of being like, I can dodge this because the distance is easier to gauge when you know your opponent does not have that reach. So it does allow for, I mean, it's not a huge difference, but even a few inches of height means a few inches of reach. That's a whole fist, you know? Yeah. Um, and knowing that you have that comfortable gap means that they have to lean in farther, which means you can stay more upright and you don't, you can counter easier with theirs. So I can get that showboating. I don't think he can pull that off with Hundar, especially considering Hundar has fought in the last one, has had a year of training, if they've been doing it right. So actually, so it'll be an interesting. Um, their height is relatively the same. So that that's another thing that's going to be interesting if because Hundar is going to be tall. I'm talking about the last opponent. Yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah, who yeah. he was fighting in the one. For me on that one, it's it's definitely very interesting the difference between the two. Hundar definitely has more uh, upper body muscle mass and has you know, the intimidation factor that's there. And Myth kind of has, uh, from what I watched from the chess boxing, he even uh, the video I actually watched was him uh, reacting to his own boxing. Mm-hmm. And he he has an ego, which a lot of boxers do. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you're going to win. But that can also get in the way in allowing yourself to be more vulnerable when it comes to the hits. So this one seems like a, uh, a, a battle between more agile quickness and power and Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to determine who's going to win if somebody if it ends based on tko i fully believe it would be hundar that takes the victory but if it ends on being scoring at the end of the match i think myth has the advantage yeah i believe that myth could probably get in more hits that's how i would do that match if i was in myth's shoes yeah i would try to dodge hit quick get points get back stay away tire him out like that's probably the better way to go about this match because you're not gonna you're not gonna go punch for punch when someone has that much more muscle so you use your your leanness and your quickness to your advantage and you just train for that but then again i'm not boxing on my perspective i'm gonna predict that meth is gonna win because he has that targeting capability you know he's got that gamer mentality he's a first person shooter he's gonna find his way through the defense to get those headshots and body shots i i might put my money on hundar because if he goes for the body and hits get some good hits on the ribs and liver of of myth like it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt a lot and that pain really wears someone down so i would go for the body and then just like you can it doesn't matter how much quicker they are if you can get a good shot on like liver it's it's makes it very difficult for someone to breathe yeah chop down the tree Mm, yeah that's what i would do so the next fight we're looking at is mika versus alana pierce okay I know Mika has been training like crazy. Yeah, I do. I too. know Alana has been training very uh, like significantly. So this is uh this is an interesting matchup, but I don't know I don't know Alana's uh training regimen. Um I just know a little bit more about Mika's. Um, but remember Alana's Australian. Everything in Australia is out to kill you. So But Alana's not in Australia anymore. I know. So <laughs> Alana lives in LA. Now. Yeah, uh, I I really have no idea. Um, this is kind of just like one of those matchups where I could see it going either way. Oh, yeah. I think this is actually a very even, very fair matchup. They're both very strong. Yeah. Too. I saw, I think, was it Mika? That, no, it was Alana that posted a picture. Oh, that yeah, like flexing. Flexing yeah. In, the, in the one. I'm like, that's a, that's a, might be bigger than my bicep. Like, what the, <laughs> yeah, what the right? Fuck? 
Yeah, and then Mika, I think, also had a picture that yep. was similar. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, oh God. Um, but yeah, I I would. This is an even matchup for me. I don't know who is going to win this one. We have two new fighters from Creative Clash. I've yep. never seen them fight before. I have no idea how this is going to go. I also have not seen many training videos from either of them. They've been pretty quiet on posting stuff and showing what they're doing. The biggest thing that I did see though is that the winner gets to cuddle the loser. Um, that's their kind of gamble is like whoever wins cuddles the other one for comfort because um, they are friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of respect walking into the ring and it's it's going to come down to who is willing to punch the other one more. Yeah, and that that is how it comes down when you when you are friends and you're you're like have to throw down. It is kind of a thing where you got to put your uh, friendship aside for a little bit, but also not too much because it's like if I'm going into a boxing match, which I'm not and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm going into a boxing match with, say, like you, I don't want to hit you very hard. I wouldn't want to hit you very hard at all i would just play it technically i would just try to score points i would try to dodge and i would try to play the fight with that and i'm hoping that's how they're going to approach this is they're playing for points and they're playing like i don't want anyone in this entire fight to be yeah. going for a knockout yeah I, that's not what this event is about in my mind that's not what i want to see i want to see like technical skill i want to see good good guards i want to see no brain damage i want to see people walking away walking out of this ring and i want to see people like giving it their all going the distance in terms of all the rounds and sh getting down to the nitty-gritty of how much did you train how much did you technically gain in terms of your skills and abilities for boxing and i think this is a great matchup that's going to show a lot of that yeah i think the biggest thing when i was looking at this is for whatever reason mika gives me this mentality that she's been in a fight before like not a boxing oh, yeah. match but like she's i feel like she's like punched somebody out in middle school or something i don't know why <laughs> but mika's got that kind demeanor but also like could potentially have that mean streak that in in the past and so uh but alana being from australia i feel like probably dealt with um and i don't know how long alana was in australia or but something about australians just make me think they have that that they got beat up or and they beat people up <laughs> it's i don't know what it is something about that uh, that accent and having been there with all the different creatures that exist that can kill people there, yeah. there's some hardness that comes with being australian and i don't know why <laughs> all right man <laughs> i can't speak to that but sure so i i think uh the audience is the winner of this fight <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I am less uh, open minded. Like I am, I am literally just thinking it's going to be the one that trained the most is going to win, and I'm not sure who did that because so, I don't know their training. Yeah, yeah. Next, we go into Aaron Hansen versus uh, Jarvis Johnson. Jarvis Johnson. Aaron obviously fought in last year's Creator Clash, going against Hundar or not Hundar. Um, oh, what's his name? He's a giant. Harley. 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 Yeah. Newt started with an yeah. H. And. And held his own. He did admirably well for a man that was like half a foot taller and 60 pounds heavier. Yeah. Like he did very well. And I know Aaron trained a lot and went into it with as like a lot of confidence. And it, it wasn't even just like a complete washout. Like he was getting hits. He was showing technical skill. And I know he's been training ever since. Um, so when it comes down to this one, I don't know. Jarvis's boxing history, do you know? I, I tried to find stuff. I could find very little. Um, the one thing that I saw was that what Creator Clash posted on their socials. 
and mm-hmm. he he looks like one of those like super nice individuals and he even mentioned in the clip being like yeah i'm so scared my opponent's gonna be like hey i'm gonna whoop your butt blah 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 and then i'm just gonna be like all right cool <laughs> that's what he said but I would never put anyone out like that. I would never like be like, oh no, they haven't got it. Because it's like sometimes the nicest people can flip a switch oh, and it's yeah. like, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, everything you know. And you know, I I would never uh, put it against it. However, I would say just based on how much I know Aaron has been training and how much I don't see about Jarvis's, I would have to put my bet on uh, Aaron just because that's what I know, and I can't I can't account for things that I don't know. I would say the same thing, especially after Aaron went against um, Harley last year, and the fact that he ate a number of those freight train punches that Harley was throwing his way, and just kept leaning in and kept going at it and getting after it, and now he's going mm-hmm. against somebody that's more a match to his size. Um, he's mm-hmm. been training longer. He's got the experience under his belt. He looks ready, and he looks like he's ready to, like, actually box and and win. Yeah, I'm looking at his his training video on the Creator Clash uh, Twitter right now. Aaron is showing really, really good form here. He's throwing his hooks with his guard up the entire time. It's like that, even training that instinct can take months to do, just being like, I'm going to keep, wham! And he's hitting him with speed and good repetition. He's hitting the bag with power, and he's like hitting low, hitting high. He's he's able to throw these punches pretty well. And I mean, again, it's like these, these, these fighters have been training for now over a year. And as yeah. soon as you get over the year mark, instead of being under a year of training, which is never enough, um, to really train a, a fight at a significant level, you see these the repeated discipline really ingraining themselves in the fighters where they're able to instinctively get this guard up, know where to hit, know how to breathe when you're hitting, know when to breathe when you're throwing a punch, know where to look for when you know where you're exposed when you're throwing a punch. Those are kind of the instincts that I, I'm like, yes, I see him. He's definitely been keeping up with his training. Therefore, I would put. My, I, I would favor him. But again, I don't know Jarvis. I can't see it. It's a mystery. He could be in, like a, a god right? in the ring for all I know. He's got the advantage yeah. of that unknown factor. And what I have seen is he ha- he is able to throw his weight behind the punches. But there's so little out there, even on his socials, everywhere else. I have no idea how hard he's been getting after this. Like I, I have so little information about Jarvis. And at the same time, that is an advantage. If you are unknown, mm-hmm. you come in with nothing to lose. And you also come in being able to just come out with everything and the other your opponent can't necessarily strategically plan. Jarvis has filmed to watch how Aaron fought last year. He has filmed to watch mm-hmm. of, of his training. Whereas Aaron, I don't think, has any of that for Jarvis, and that is an advantage. Yeah, I would say though that the 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 film of his last fight is something I wouldn't base any training Correct. off of because he was fighting a giant. Yes, and he's <laughs> going to be fighting completely differently when he's looking able to look straight ahead. You know what yeah. I mean? Face him eye to eye instead of having to yeah. look up with the open oh. chin. The next fight we have Leonhart against Crank Gameplays Ethan. So it's our boy. Yeah, it's our boy. I I call it the Pokemon card collector versus the chaotic kid. <laughs> okay, the chaotic chaotic man. Chaotic man. All right. All right. So obviously my money's on Ethan. Doesn't even matter. I'm I'm ride or die on Ethan. But I'm gonna let's analyze this from a specific way because I know Leonhard has boxing background. Leonhard is strong. 
He's strong. He did American yes. Ninja Warrior once, um, mm-hmm. and he he did pretty well of what I saw. Mm-hmm. He's got great upper body strength. I don't know if he has the killer mentality, and I did meet him for lunch and got a little inside mm-hmm. scoop that he hadn't taken many hits to the face, and then I watched the video where he finally did get hit in the face by his trainer, and he mm-hmm. didn't lean in. He kind of shied away. He seemed a little bit shaken, which can happen the first time, so I don't know how much he'll be able to lean into the hits when he gets hit. Yeah, because there's a difference between training for boxing for fitness and training for boxing for fighting. And that is a big, significant factor. And I know how hard Ethan has been taking his training. He has been training incredibly seriously for a very long time, like incredibly seriously. And so he's progressed a very long way. Obviously, like life you know, occurs and, you know, you can't train every every day. But I know how like much he takes it seriously. I don't know Leonhard personally. I don't think I've ever, I might've met him at one point. I apologize if I haven't, but uh, or I have and I forget. <laughs> um, but when it comes down to Ethan, I know he's tough. That's one thing. He comes from a gymnast background. Yep. So he's used to putting in the hours and he's used to be like being athletic, doing a lot of work, having good energy recovery. I know he has more uh, endurance than me when he's not six. Sick. Not six. Sick. Sick. Because it was like we did a fitness test in Unisonis and he was um, sick and he ran a, like a, a 11 minute mile and I ran an eight and some change. But he he got pepper sprayed in the face just the same as me. He can take pain. And I know that's like, oh, yeah, you get pepper sprayed. But he did it and he walked away from it. He ate like a bug that I don't think even I would have eaten. So he's I know he's tough and I know he's willing to go the distance. But yeah, it is that unknown factor when you're in a fight. And you're punching someone in the face. Are you able to, and getting punched in the face, more importantly, mm-hmm. are you able to just like put everything aside and unleash, really go at it? Because I know he's athletic. He's got an age gap. I don't know. How old is Leonhardt? Leonhardt's 36. Okay. So there's like a 10 year jump. Uh, Leonhardt, again, you can be in great shape, uh, like above 30, but compared, I'm, I'm 33. I know that if I was going up against my 23 year old me. Yeah. You know, that 10-year difference, I, I may be stronger than uh, than 23-year-old me, but I'm not outrunning 23-year-old me. I know that. Well, okay, 23-year-old me wasn't a runner, so I didn't like running. But if I was, like, in the same shape now and then, I know that 23-year-old me is going to outperform me. Just like Tyler, you versus 23-year-old you. I don't know. Wait, how old were you when you... Outside of the surgery. I was, I was 20 but, when I had my transplant, but 23-year-old me... Would have been, oh, God. If I went against 25-year-old me when I first moved out here to L.A., when I was in Mm -hmm. Ninja Warrior shape. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I wouldn't want to face... 10 years ago, me Mm -hmm. in a fight. So that is a factor. Like, And I know... He, I know he's tough. I know he's capable. I know he's strong. He's put on a lot of muscle. I know that he's been getting his mind in the right place. I know he's been punching in the face, getting punched in the face. He's been working on those, like, the news, the new experiences of it and the realities of a fight. And I know his trainer takes it seriously. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Leonhardt, and I know it could, it's a very even match, and it could be go one way or another, like, you one punch in the wrong spot, and the fight totally changes. But obviously, my money's on Ethan. Yeah, Leonhardt has a reach advantage and a little bit of a size advantage. I think he's going to weigh in on the higher end of the weight than Ethan is. But Mm -hmm. um, Ethan, being a former gymnast, and this was the biggest thing that really brought me over, was like the amount of focus you have to have to be a gymnast, the dedication, the flexibility, everything involved in that. Ethan is insanely athletic, 
And when he chooses and sets his mind to something like he has with boxing that I've seen in there, he will dominate whatever that is. I fully mm-hmm. expect Ethan to be the more spry fighter here. I've, I expect his fundamentals and his skills to be there. And I think he's going to eat punches better than Leonhardt's going to eat punches. I think it's going to be a good fight, but I definitely favor Ethan in this fight as well. Especially considering which one of these two I would think would have a stronger core. Because neither of them are in the heavyweight category where I'm worried about them knocking each other out. Yeah. They can, and it could happen, but they're not so heavy that their punches are devastating, like going to guarantee knock them out. So it does come a lot down to core strength. And who's going to have more core strength? A gymnast or anyone else? Yeah. Like, like that core is going to be locked up and he's going to be able to protect his ribs. He's going to be able to protect his internal organs. His breathing is going to be more controlled. And I think that counts for a lot in a fight it's going to count for oh yeah especially if he's got a reach disadvantage that means he's going to be trying to go for the body unless he's like i don't know training can a fight can throw everything off and yeah there is an instinct just like go for the head like but it does come down to a lot of like okay who's got the condition who's going to keep the energy up i think this this fight is going to go into in like probably go all the way i would i would put money on this fight going all the way if ethan can keep his energy up can keep his speed up can keep the fight going can keep his fight going can get leonhardt on the back foot towards the end of the fight he's going to win on points period a lot of people don't know that the majority of fights are lost from breathing from lack of breathing um Mm -hmm. and breathing control because the instant you start losing your breathing control you lose all power in your muscles your muscles get fatigued you get fatigued everything falls to the wayside and when all of that falls to the wayside the brain function falls to the wayside so your strategy and your ability to actually be able to react and defend yourself falls as well mm-hmm. yeah 100 but it could go either way who knows yeah the next fight we have is haley sharp versus marisha ray um uh, yodeling haley from last year right okay so marisha ray haley did great oh yeah last year against haley uh, did fighting wonderfully Meeks. Yes, for just stepping in out of nowhere and just being able to like, because it was like a couple weeks before the fight, mm-hmm. they had needed a replacement and, and Haley came in. Haley showed a lot of discipline, strength, was heavily outmatched. And able to eat punches. Yeah, and Justin Minx was definitely like loose on training, loose on form, but was just bigger, was bigger. And Haley is like, wasn't able to get the damage in the hits. Honestly, like if... The fight could have gone very differently if Haley had kept up the discipline and just like trying not to go for the head all the time and getting like body shots in could could have theoretically won on points, but it ended or it ended before the fight could go the distance. And theoretically, theoretically, if Haley keeps that mentality with this, I don't know Marisha Ray's training. I don't know Marisha Ray's. So Marisha Ray is the creative director and a main cast on the show Critical Role. Um, She's a voice actor and improviser extraordinaire. Definitely has experience role-playing a monk using flurry of blows, but is an extremely athletic build. I've seen she's done some action stunt stuff before and is is lean and looks to be in great shape. Uh, But as we know, shape doesn't always mean a boxing ability. Have you seen anything about uh, Marisha boxing? It's been extremely limited. Both of them, as far as seeing the training, I definitely have more video footage of Haley just because of last year's fight. Between the two two of them, there's not much out there to watch. Uh, Marisha has a little bit, and her form looks good. She keeps her hands up, especially when she's swinging punches, especially uh, a hook or a haymaker. Um, she keeps her uh, hands up. 
She's definitely seems to have some sense of martial arts background based on what I have seen. But Haley also has that that mentality of she had such little lead up time and was relatively technically sound fighting against Minks. Um, mm-hmm. She wasn't really good at slipping punches, but she was able to eat so many hits. And yeah. just between the two body types, Haley looks to have a little bit more muscle mass in her upper body than Marisha does. But without seeing, like, I saw Haley fight, really good discipline in terms of, like, it, it started to lose it towards the end of the fight because she was just eating so many punches. Um, so, like, anyone's going to be rattled after that many hits to the head uh, and body. And, like, you could see the fatigue, but still came in with good discipline. I have no idea because I don't know Marisha's ability to fight, but it's Haley, like, this could, this is going to be a very good fight. Yeah, yeah. And Haley does have height and likely reach advantage this time as well. It's very slight, but could very well be the biggest factor, which is the only reason why I'm taking Haley is because I have more information on Haley. And I think just after fighting Minx last year, it's going to lean in and know what she's jumping into the ring for and be more prepared. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Haley just has the edge for that particular reason in my head. Marisha, there's so little out there. I have so little information, but very well could come in as an unknown and be extremely versatile, extremely quick and, and fundamentally sound. Yes, absolutely. The next one I have is uh, Jay LaRay versus Abelina Sabrina. Um, Jay LaRay is a gamer streamer, uh, League of Legends and Valorant in particular, whereas Abelina is a voiceover artist known for sketch comedy and pop culture vlogs. Okay, this is going to be the featherweight fight. Yes. These are the lightest fighters and shortest fighters in the matchup. And with this, let me just I think they're both 5-2. It says 5-2 for both of them. They're fighting in the 115, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, that's... That's light. That's very, very light. Um, So what you can expect in that is speed, not power. So it does come down just to technicality. However, last year, the featherweight fight with, uh, oh, man. Was it Michael Reeves? Was that the featherweight? Yeah, Michael Reeves and who, uh, who was the other guy? Oh, gosh. The money guy on YouTube. Graham Stefan. Yeah, okay. Maybe not Stefan or Steven. <laughs> who knows? But it's it's yeah. A N at the end, which is why I say Stefan. Either way, that was the featherweight fight of the last one. Not specifically featherweight, unless that is the featherweight class. Featherweight. Featherweight Might is Graham under under one twenty six. So even that was not quite featherweight. I think they were a little over that. But this this one is the featherweight. And what you have with this fight is going to be down to technicals or who like taps because mm-hmm. we have completely omitted the idea that someone can tap and that's what happened to graham last year was that he tapped after getting too many punches in the face which i understand yeah know your limits there's no shame in anyone tapping in this fight it's for charity it's basically an exhibition i think it is an exhibition fight so it's like i don't know either of these fighters could go either way i have no idea yeah and speaking of that uh i did a thing dropped out of creator clash 2 for safety because he had he experienced a concussion in training and was just like, hey, mm-hmm. just for, for my own sake and safety, I'm dropping out. So throwing in the towel, there's nothing wrong with that. It, protecting yourself is the most important when it comes to these types of situations. You don't want long-term damage coming from this. This is a charity event. It's for fun. It's for entertainment. And it's for raising money for good causes. It's admirable that you jump into the ring to begin with. Throwing in the flag is and tapping out is not at all anything bad. 
Yeah, not bad at all. Totally fine. Jay LeRae, the the information that I have, I've looked up some research. Uh, Jay LeRae's training seems to be very passionate about fitness and really seems to have fallen in love with boxing, um, which means uh-huh. if she's enjoying the training, I think she's going to be very prepared. And she had a flexing video that I found, and she is also jacked. Her Her arms are toned and defined and large for being that small for being 115 yeah i'm I'm not making fun at all yeah totally totally but at the same time fitness does not equate to ability to fight and i like it can be very deceptive some of the best fighters in the world do not have a six-pack yeah um and it does come down to technique a lot but not disparaging this in any way. If, that's what I want people to walk away mm-hmm. from this because I want them to, number one, walk away, and number two, walk away feeling good about themselves. And number three, if they find a passion for fitness, that's even better. I do not want people being carried out of the ring. Yeah. And I think, But that's not really a concern for me in this weight class. It is always a concern. It's always dangerous. Um, but I think this will be a good fight. I think it'll go until either someone taps or the distance, and I'm hoping it goes the distance, and I'm hoping that people like can get some uh, good entertainment out of this fight. Uh, Abelina, I have seen some training videos, has started training since fall of 2022, has basically three days of boxing and then three days of strength training with one day off a week, but is also training with a fellow person who's training for Creator Clash. I forget which one. I think it's the one they're fight- fighting Jack... I don't know. They're training with somebody else who's fighting in Creator Clash that I don't remember off the top of my head. But the emphasis in their training is their trainer is constantly making sure that their core is there. They're doing abs and punching them in the in the core. They're doing captain's chairs exercise and getting punched with boxing gloves by their trainer. Like they are seriously focused on being able to take those body shots. For whatever reason, I my advantage goes to Abelina because she is literally being punched by her trainer. Mm-hmm. That's good. The next one is Michelle Kerr, Carr, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, versus Andrea Botez. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be Botez. I don't know how to pronounce these, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing their names. Um, Michelle is a YouTuber, television host, actress, and former professional cyclist. Insane uh-huh. fitness channel. She's done, like, the Navy SEALs training, trying to get through that. She's done SWAT Academy. She's, like, an absolute fitness freak. Andrea is a chess player, a commentator who fought in the chess boxing of Ludwig as well, but is a Twitch streamer and YouTuber. I, I watched the video of the chess boxing, was distinctly winning the, ch- the chess boxing in the boxing aspect. In fact, so much so that a lot of people, there was a controversial ending to where they thought she had gotten the standing count on the other opponent to knock them out to officially win before the other opponent got checkmate. But they definitely mm-hmm. swing a little wild with a wild, uh, a wide stance and not as protective. But they were they were basically chasing their opponent the entire time. Okay, I'm trying to figure out who's Andrea and who's the opponent here in the chess boxing. Do you know if uh, Andrea was wearing white or was wearing black? Um, Dina. Oh, okay, black. Okay, black. got it. Yeah. Okay, definitely haymakers coming in. Yeah, yeah. Which are obviously dangerous to to an untrained opponent, but I don't think the opponent is untrained in this no, case. No. Yeah. The way you were saying with Navy SEALs training, uh, very intense. Um, let me try to find more. Yeah. Not keeping guard up. But still, like against this opponent doing quite well just yes. because overwhelming with just keeping the attack up. And that can be a strategy in and all of itself. Work for dad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It reminded me of the dad fight last year. 
Yeah, exactly. And that can happen. It's not like quite as intense. And they have headgear in this one, which honestly, I'd be fine if everyone wore headgear For in sure. this matchup. I'd be fine with that. And everyone else should be fine with that too. I'm fine with it. Protection and safety above all else. If I could do it, I would I would opt to wear headgear. So yeah, I would I would not go out with without headgear. I wouldn't fight without headgear, and I'm not fighting anyway. Yeah, because I value my brain, and plus the weight class you and I would be in would be brain damage territory. Yep. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to like this, I haven't seen the other person fighting again. Fitness doesn't always mean technical skill, but they are in a lighter weight class, and you know it's not. And and again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like with the illusion that a lighter weight class doesn't mean you can't get knocked out or you can't get hurt. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's just less likely. Um, just because physically there is less muscle throwing the punches, um, which equates to less power. It's why when you get into heavyweight boxing matches, it becomes deadly. It becomes yeah. dangerous. And that's why it can be exciting for a lot of people. That's why they like Mike Tyson in there. You know, they like they like the heavyweight champions. George Foreman, all these people just like pile driving their way through punches, just eating up at like this this stuff, and then whoa, bam, one huge knockout. You see their head almost get torn off. It, yeah, it's exciting. Um, but when it comes to lighter fights, that that's why I want to really see the technical skill. And so, like, I'm seeing potential. I'm seeing potential with Andrea, and I'm seeing, like, there's definitely the will to fight and the will to attack. But when you got someone that's had Navy SEALs training, it was kind of kind of hard to call. Hey, this is a really difficult fight to, to decide. The only edge that I have is I've seen Andrea actually get hit a little bit and actually be, be in the ring. Whereas Michelle, I've seen Michelle did a boxing training camp last year, which was reached 10 weeks in March of 2022, which leads me to believe that they've been training a long time in boxing and at least in martial arts. So for whatever reason, I lean towards Michelle and fitness. If it goes the distance, which it most likely will, I think Michelle has the advantage. But if it if uh, Andrea can actually get a, a clean hit and uh, a knockdown, I think Andrea might actually take the advantage there. The difference is who's going to be the aggressor, right? Mm. Is Michelle going to be passive and basically ha looking for counters and not throwing as many punches? Is Andrea going to be over? Uh, Andrea going to be overly aggressive and throw punches like she did in the chess boxing? That's the ultimate deciding factor. If if Andrea actually has a defense, I give advantage to Andrea. But at my current point in time, just based on the knowledge that I have, I really do believe Michelle has the advantage in this fight. Okay. The next one, we have TBD versus Chris Ray Gunn. My money's all on TBD. Listen, they're unknown. They're hard to Look, hit. The, that unknown factor, they're basically like a shadow. I Even I can't get a read on them exactly but uh they they could have a lot of holes in their defense for all we know who knows for all we know yeah yeah for all the training chris has done uh i don't know i don't know it's gonna be tough uphill battle uphill battle for sure for sure all right moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right just a few left right yeah just two this left, is actually. this is the the one that i'm most intrigued by it's uh johnny elite or john morrison versus harley this fight scares me. This fight terrifies me. This fight really, really worries me. Because John is a professional wrestler and actor who um, immediately after the fight last year was like, I, I, I think I can take Harley. The difference is, I don't know if you've seen Harley's body. Harley yeah. has toned down and looks ripped. Uh -huh. Like he's yeah. taking it serious. I'm really glad to see that because John Morrison is ripped. An absolute 
tank of muscle, obviously basically a gymnast doing stunts with professional wrestling. The one thing I did see is John is training with an MMA fighter. Nothing against MMA, but MMA and boxing are distinctly different. Yeah. In the sense of how you have to defend yourself in boxing versus MMA. MMA, a lot of times you reach out because you want to be able to stop something and counter with it. And in boxing, that often opens you up for a secondary attack. On the stuff that I've seen, uh, John has been training with dad to some degree, but mostly with his MMA fighter trainer that I've seen. His MMA fighter can really throw but his his ability to defend himself, he looks a little bit exposed. He gets his hands a little wide, and his elbows don't stay in. And that's the one concern mm-hmm. I see with John is that aspect. He also has a he's shorter and um, has less reach. Still not to the height of Harley. I don't think any very few people ever would. So yeah, Harley's what knock. six seven, six seven something like that. Yeah, yeah, huge. But. The guy is athletic. He has power. He's been doing boxing for exercise for years and years and years. And he's a professional sports entertainer. So you know he's going to put on a show and he's motivated. He wants to win because, in my opinion, he has more to lose if he loses this fight than Harley does. Reputation I don't know about wise. that. Again, it's just an, it's an exhibition, man. I, it's I, an exhibition. I, I, I understand. It's an exhibition, man. I understand, but egos and and public perception is a thing, and sometimes people get it in their head that he might have more of a mentality of a must win desire. I don't think anyone would have them going up against Harley and being like, "Oh, you should have beat him." It's like he's a giant. <laughs> Who's gonna Who's gonna think of someone going up against Harley and be like, "Oh, what a wimp!" Am I right? <laughs> he got punched by a two hundred and fifty pound sack of meat, like dude, or two hundred pound now, apparently. Um, but yeah, no, this fight just worries me. I, I'm not gonna call this one way or another, just because. Yeah, I don't. I don't know their how much they've trained. I don't know how much of John's training is going to translate over to boxing. I don't know how seriously they're going to take this. Yeah. That's why this fight scares me, just because there's a lot of unknowns, and it's in the territory where someone could get really, really hurt. Because it's in that heavier weight class. There's just too much power going behind these punches, and you're right. If ego, It's not even ego going in. When you're in a fight, adrenaline takes up, and you... If you get into this mode, which I'm sure John Hennigan knows and Harley probably knows as well, and you like the adrenaline start pumping, you get pissed. It scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it just scares This me. one is the one that I think has the most potential for an actual knockout. And that's yeah, terrifying. 100%. Uh, Harley was throwing tr- freight trains last year. He's been training massively for this fight, Going knows he's going against somebody who's a, an absolute ripped fit dude who's been doing boxing training for years he even talked about being scared and worried about this fight because of the legit seriousness of the weight class that they're in yes exactly and uh, the fact that he's taking it that way and has that fear for whatever reason gives me the mentality that he's going to be more prepared than his opponent his opponent doesn't seem scared he seems very driven and really believes in himself and and talked about in an interview and has done interviews and different stuff like that but Harley seems to be really taking this serious, really ready to protect himself for whatever reason, just because I've seen Harley fight before and seeing how serious he's being and his body transformation, he, he just has the advantage for me. Yep. Now we've got two more fights. We've got Jack Manafoot and Dakota uh, Alave, and then we have the main event, which is Alex Wasabi and Idubs. Uh, Jack Manifold, Dakota Olave. I know neither of them. Dakota is a TikToker. He fought in a previous boxing match, but it was like a weird circle. 
Um, he did not look really fundamentally sound. I don't know the exact. I think it was like the TikToker boxing event. They didn't even fight in a square ring. It was like a circular ring. So it was really weird. But he's a TikToker and skateboarder. He definitely kept his hands really low throughout the fight. Looked very unrefined. But he has experience in the ring. He has experience taking a punch. Jack has has not. But both of them are lighter guys. They're both smaller guys. The advantage to me goes to Jack um, just because I think he's been taking it a little more seriously. But it's hard to tell because neither of them have a lot out there. Oh, Jack did step into a ring with somebody. Um, Tubbo. He hopped into a ring with Tubbo. There's a video of him fighting against Tubbo in a ring. I don't know. Who that I don't is. either. All right. So then the main event: Alex Wasabi versus Idubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking up videos of Alex fighting. Uh, very fast, very fast yeah. hands, very good fundamentals, good dodging. Does he have a lot of experience with boxing? Is he a boxer? He fought Deji, so he has a one and zero record uh, officially boxing because he fought in that that event with um i think that was the logan and ksi fight yeah um and so his training videos he had insane hand speed um yes that's what i'm seeing very fast very hands quick. very good footwork just his fundamentals seem incredibly sound and i would like the reliability of those patterns can take you a long way however Idubs is insane. Yeah, Idubs Idubs also has been training for a long time. Also, he's just he's out of his mind. <laughs> um that guy took so many hits and just kept coming back last oh year. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, against uh, uh Mike, Dr. Mike. Yeah, I I would never put anyone out of a fight, especially that. Cuz what I'm seeing with Alex uh is speed. Yes. Good technique. Yes. He seems tired in some of these. I don't know how long he was fighting in these. Um, and uh, that's that's what I do think a lot of it does come down to. I don't know. Like, he seems... Like, they're fighting at 168. Yep. Like, 5'11", 6'1". But the thing about these heights at this weight is that's very lean. Yeah. Like, that's that's very lean for both of them. I know Idubs was at a higher weight class before. I think he was fighting 175. Um, last year, he's fighting 168 now. Both of these guys seem fairly lean. And now that doesn't mean a whole lot, but I'm expecting it does come down to conditioning. This fight is going to come down to conditioning. I bet you're going to see a lot of knockdowns. I bet you're going to see a lot of very heavy hits. This is a very in-between weight class where you get the the speed and you get the power. You get both of them. It makes it for a very hard-to-predict fight. There's, There's really no way to say one way or another where it could go because I'm seeing Alex training. This is great stuff. Then again, I saw Idubs last year just yeah. getting walloped and, and coming smiling back. and coming back for more from Dr. Mike, who had like 10 years of experience boxing. And like that, that fight on paper had no right of being that close. Yeah. Between Dr. Mike and Idubs. So I I literally cannot discount anything from Ian for this fight. Uh no matter like Alex Wabi's here, here, I wouldn't want to fight him. I, I don't want to fight him. He's too quick for me. He he'd run circles around me probably. Uh, maybe if I could get a hit in, that'd be all I could say. Uh, but I've like I don't know. 
I don't know, man. I will say Alex in some of the videos that I have seen has had his hands a little low, but that could have been because of fatigue because even I know when I'm at the boxing gym, when I get fatigued, my hands tend to drop a little bit, but they're not like low, low. They're not like down. That's all I'd say is that's why when I'm looking at these, I do see like he he's obviously doing a lot yeah. of work, but he's and he's getting tired. Of course he is. Anyone would be. Um, so that's all I would attribute it to. But yeah, I I I don't know. I I really don't know. This is this is going to be. It's a great match. It is a great match. I think the this, size, speed, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think of all the opponents to pick, this is really really. A great matchup, one where you can't really lean one way or another. You've got the IDubs like insanity factor. You got the Alex's clearly honing in those fundamentals, um, clearly just working on the discipline of it all and the conditioning because you don't you don't work at that level. You don't fight. You don't practice that level without getting in that level of shape, and that's fight level shape. I honestly think this fight will come down to who ends up working the body better than the other. I think it's man. I, I think it's going to come down to who's doing more of the body hits, less so necessarily the number of hits. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who chops down the tree. I don't think it's going to uh, like end in a knockout, but I, I for whatever reason, I think the body is the key in this fight. I'm thinking TKO, but the other opponent has been knocked down two times as well. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking for this one because they're fast, they're powerful. It, it's going to be a lot of damage, even from body TKOs or body knockdowns. Oh, yeah. You know, it could be that I think someone's getting smacked in the head. I think it's Ian. I think Ian's getting smacked in the head. But I think Alex is going to start to get tired in the middle of it and then take some big wallops to the nog. I'm either totally off base and someone's getting knocked out first round, or this is like TKO th- third or fourth round. I don't think this one's going the distance just because I think there's going to be so much damage done. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think my advantage goes to Alex just simply because of the amount of hits I saw Idubs take last time. Both are really good at slipping. Both are really good at dodging. It, it it's just I think Alex might be able to connect a little bit more than than um, Ian does. That's my it's a very I, difficult I, I, call. It's man, this is I a coin call flip. This one. So yeah, I I can't call this one at all. Yeah, but it's an exciting matchup. I like the weight class that they chose. Both of them have serious hand speed. Both of them have had immense training um both have worked really really hard on their slips and rolls for defense and able to avoid hits and keeping their hands up so this is going to be mm-hmm. a true main event i think this is a great yeah. main event i think this is a great card i like the lineup this year there's some scary fights like we talked about with harley some interesting matchups between friends and and then you've got unknowns out of nowhere fighting each other that neither of them have really boxed before and it's really, really exciting to see different people that you wouldn't necessarily think or even know of, like me and you, because we're both out of touch with a lot of the creator space, being able to step into the ring for this major charity event. And I think I think it's a great lineup, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. I hope everyone's safe. Yes. Be safe out there. Wear headgear if you want to. Yeah, wear some headgear. Seriously, protect your right. head. Well, anyway, that does it for this episode. It does. Um, but you can go to the store, check out the new merch. We got pins, like I said last time. But now mm-hmm. you can see us on video. This is the first video episode, so hopefully that's Yes, been unless fun. something went horribly wrong. Unless something went horribly wrong. That would be my fault. It would 100% be my fault. But thank you, Mark. I'm excited to... I actually get to attend the event, by the way. I'll be there. Yay. Um, you'll be there uh, working the event. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are after the fact. So we're going to do a post show as well. 
but it might not be immediately after the event that that comes up. Yeah, I got to get back. Yeah, so. But thank you all for listening. Make sure and follow the podcast wherever you follow, and uh, we'll catch you next time. It's free. It is free. Listen free. Watch. Tell people it's free. It's free. All free. Everything's free. Except for the merch. Yes. It's not free. That supports us. Yeah. We got to ship that. All right, elegant viewers. We'll see you next time. Bye.